ricochet right in your face. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number 29. I'm your boy, Fatty. I got my boy, Zade, here virtually with me. How you doing, bro? Good, good, man. It's so weird to go back to virtual now. Now that we've been, yeah, we've been, we've been kind of doing it together for maybe a few more months now. Three, four, three, four months is the last time you maybe, actually, way more than that. Maybe the last time, yeah, you definitely long, way longer than that for sure. Yeah, I think but... maybe almost a year, bro. Oh damn, damn, time flies. Nice. Okay, the, but yeah, this is so it's so it's so much weirder doing it virtually now. Um, mm-hmm. Busy day, busy couple of days. Got some some deadlines at work. Um, but happy, yeah, happy. Somebody, somebody lied and said busy season in accounting's in in April, but you're you're grinding and and then June June, June June thirty is still another one of those. It's our it's our it's our extra busy season, man. But oh, for anybody man. looking to get into accounting, I'd say don't do it. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to be working like this. Uh, Bro, I hire for this. Exactly, you guys should definitely that, do it. You guys should you think definitely so? do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're. <laughs> Two different per- perspectives. You way two totally different perspectives. I work in it, and you hire for it. So two totally different views. Uh, but happy, happy belated birthday to you, man! Uh, oh, Twenty-seven thanks, years young. Uh, give us, give us some, Jeez. put us on some game. What did you, what did you learn this this last year? Maybe, man. I learned in the last year. Uh, you honestly, you learn a lot. You, you learn, especially when you're putting covid situations uh you you learn more about yourself i think yeah you learn more about everyone around you and it helps you put things in perspective so i think uh, constantly learning it's life's just a long lifelong lesson you know and uh, when you're younger and they're like yo you're always learning every single day but honestly there's a lot of truth to that because that's all you do and that's how you continue to grow that's pretty much what i what i got for you yeah that that's some that's some wise words from uh uh, from fadeaway fatty um but let's get right into it man two series left uh as we're in the and eastern boy, have they been crazy they've been crazy the eastern conference and the western conference finals have been um they've, they've been a, a whirlwind honestly a lot of back and forth uh very competitive um and we i know we've said this a lot uh throughout these playoffs but this has been some of the most competitive playoffs we've had probably in the last five to eight years you know we, we really don't know who's going to win at this point um you can predict um and your prediction most likely looks like i don't know we we, we predicted a whole bunch of things and have, and it never worked out for either of us so man i ran my crazy. mouth on, about the hawks and it's still biting me in the in the behind today exactly facebook and stuff exactly yeah, exactly but let's go so the the the, the bucks and the hawks series is at two games to one in the Bucks' favor. Um, last night's game um, was was a thriller. Uh, we saw Chris Middleton take over in the fourth quarter, took over the, the entire game, outscored the Hawks twenty to seventeen, um, and he was just a beast. You know, when when Chris gets when Chris gets hot, he gets hot. He doesn't miss. He had hit four or five shots in a row at one point to really set them. You know. You know, above and beyond, and, and take that lead and push it to maybe like it was six to eight points over the Hawks. Um, my, I, I think the Hawks let that game slip. Uh, they had oh, a, they had a huge lead at half uh, in, in the middle of the game. I know Trey Young stepped on the referee's foot, twisted his ankle, sprained his ankle. That played a huge part in him down the stretch not be able to perform. Um, but what a way to steal that game for the Bucks! The Bucks really needed that game to 
regain that home court advantage since Atlanta, Atlanta did steal one at, at uh, in Milwaukee. Um, but and it, it's back and forth for me. I still don't trust either team to win this series. I said Bucks in seven. Uh, I don't know if your prediction has changed, but I still don't trust either team to win. I don't. I don't know. I think. Any, I think it's still up for grabs. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's up for grabs anymore. I think. I mean, I said this again about the Hawks, but I don't think they're going to win another <laughs> game in the series. And I'll tell you why. Like, I know it sounds crazy because I just said it in the last round, but I'll tell you why. If you look at the the actual games, right, the landscape of the of the series, yeah. They won the game that Trey Young had forty eight points. Mm-hmm. Like it took Trey Young forty eight points, and they won down the stretch. It was uncomfortable, right? It, like Milwaukee could have taken that game. It could have been a three zero series easily. And then after that, he's kind of been struggling. One of eight from three in 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 the second game. Last night he was, I mean, his percentages were decent. Right. Uh, I want to say I have it up here. He had thirty five points. Uh, he shot 12 of 23, 6 for 14 from 3, which is still a little, you know, not the greatest. 43. I mean, it's 6 for 43%. It's still above 40%. Still not, efficient, definitely. Yeah. But he was minus 13. Right. And I think that Drew Holiday was extremely disrespected after game one, standing there and getting shimmied on for one. Yeah. Uh, This kid, 48 points, 10 plus assists, becomes the first ever player to have 45 plus, 10 plus in his in the conference final and his first ever try mm-hmm. at the time, you know, the media, they're changing the rules for him, right. His style of play. For next There's year. a lot of hype right around Trey. And then this guy comes into your building, gives you 48. He's shaking his shoulders on you and they take game one yeah. in your building. Right. I think that that pissed them off because they've been playing very pissed off basketball. Like Trey, drew holiday offensively last night was not a hundred percent there. Awful. Uh, we were actually awful. looking at it. He, he, yeah, two for eleven, measly. Yeah. yeah. But he still managed to be a plus six. But whatever. He he had twelve assists. That's how you find ways to you know be be efficient and be an add on. You know you're going to be two of eleven. Might as well give him some passes, right? Right. Contribute to the team. Yeah, and then Giannis has been fantastic. I mean, he had thirty three, eleven. Uh, he's. I think he 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 joined a list of Shaq and a few others. Uh, the most thirty ten games in. Uh, like in the playoffs right in one playoff run so he's been he's been playing fantastic basketball there's no debate and then one guy that you talked about chris middleton man i have a story for the fans because we were watching this game last night together right and i remember like you were sitting i think you were sitting behind me but i like we were talking throughout Mm -hmm. the game and you were like yo he has nine straight yeah and then next possession boom 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 yo he has yo that's 12 straight points Boom, boom, comes down, comes down, bang him, 15. You're like, yo, this guy is snapping. Yeah. It, it just happened so fast, and it was like three, four straight possessions where he just came down, and it was – he had enough. You know, he's like, give me this ball. Get out of my way. This is going to happen. So Chris Middleton took over the game. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Giannis called it a great performance after he said one – the only thing you could say that is greatness. Yeah. Right? That's what I witnessed. But I want to ask you a question because – this has sort of been looming or pressing, I guess, uh, throughout his career, certainly. Uh, the fact that Giannis might not be able to be the first option, but I want to ask you, is Chris Middleton the Batman in this situation, in, in this tandem? Because what? Giannis is the stats guy. But when you need a bucket, who do you go to? Honestly, like, and, and I love the fact that you brought up that Giannis 
uh, w- w- uh, joined Shaq. And Shaq in particular, because that's who I was thinking about before we started. I was thinking about Shaq in particular. Giannis, I'm not comparing, listen, I'm not comparing the duos by any means, but the roles are kind of the same. Shaq and Kobe. Kobe can make his own shot, can shoot the ball from the perimeter better, can get his own shot. Shaq, dominance. Dominance in the paint, rebounding. When you give the ball into the paint, Shaq is going to go, post you up, and then and then dunk on you. That's kind of similar to how Giannis and Chris play the game, and how they're and then that they have the similar similar responsibilities. Chris, you need a bucket. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He showed that yesterday. He can get real. He can get real streaky, real red hot. He can shoot from whenever you know mid range, three point line, uh, and he can go to the free throw line and knock down free throws. Giannis is all about dominance. His size, his speed, his length. He dominates the paint. So for you know, I know people are saying you know maybe Chris should be the number one option, and Chris technically is better offensively. He has more tools. He has um, more weapons that he can use to score on you. Um, but I'm not gonna give him that Batman that lead role just because Giannis is dominant game in and game out. You don't win two MVPs being a sidekick, and in the playoffs, uh, you, you don't. You don't win two MVPs being a sidekick, and in the playoffs, you can. Uh, yeah. I know. You, you, can't, it's you can't. You can't. Situation. It's, it's, yeah. it's such a unique situation because he can't make free throws and he can't make a shot down the stretch. Exactly. So it's like, how are you the number one option? Exactly. It, it, it's it's so unique, and that's that just speaks to how dominant he can be just physically. That's his game. His game is just physical dominance, getting to the basket and being able to, you know, reach over you, being able to dunk over you. Just his strength and his and his his length is is incredible, right? So. I kind of like to compare it to, the, to Shaq and Kobe because, you know, down the stretch, Shaq couldn't hit free throws. Down the stretch, Shaq couldn't create a shot for himself, really like a three-point shot or a mid-range shot. It was all just, give me the ball, I'm going to dunk it. That was his game, right? So that's why I compare it to. And Shaq still won the finals in the piece. Shaq was still the Batman. Shaq was still the main guy, right? So it's kind of similar in that sense. So, I'm, I, 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 you know, Chris has been great. They, the Bucks need this from Chris in order for them to win, um, in order for them to have a chance at winning the championship. But I, I, you can't win two MVPs being a sidekick, and that's what I'm going to default to. Um, and and Chris during the season doesn't he, he he does this, but not to this degree. Obviously, everything elevates in the playoffs, but Giannis dominates game in and game out. And you know when you're leading your team, dominating other teams, game in and game out. It's hard to say you're the Robin or that you're not the you're not you're the, you're not the number one guy, but yeah. Um, so I I do I do like that Coach Bud went to Chris at the end of the game. I think that was I'm not sure if that was an adjustment or it was just the you know uh, feeding the hot hand feeding the hot hand exactly. Um, but I do like that they went to Chris in that in that, in that instance because that's what they need to do. Giannis is not going to you know win them a game in that same fashion. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... I want to read you an interesting Chris Middleton stat. Yeah. So his stat line was 38-11, 7 assists, 6 three-pointers made, 15-26. Very good night. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second time ever a Bucks player had a 30-10-5-3 uh, playoff game. Very, very, very specific, specific. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> but the first time was also Chris Middleton. So that's an oh, interesting feat. Oh, nice. Okay. He's done this before. And, and that's kind of my thing with Middleton is – I don't think that Chris Middleton is a Batman, but I also don't think that Giannis is a Batman. I just don't think Chris Middleton is Giannis's Batman because Chris Middleton is as streaky as they come, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. He 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 can have 
duds. Like, and I think he had a dud in this series. Mm-hmm. He can come out and get give you a three of fifteen night. Like it's nobody's business. And unfortunately, Giannis can't afford to do that. Giannis is giving you thirty every night. Usually a very efficient thirty. Mm-hmm. One beef I want to pick with him is. You are so – he's averaging 29 points this series. Yeah. He's shooting, uh, I want to say, he, 63% from twos, okay? Mm-hmm. 63% from, from twos. He's still taking the 18% threes. 18% from three. He's still taking One the threes. Point, 1.8.5. 18.5% from three. <laughs> he's shooting four threes a game. Why are you shooting four threes a game? Yeah. And, like, one game he took, like, eight of them. It's like, you need to stop. That's the only thing I think he, he needs to get more disciplined in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I, I honestly, when they're clicking like they are last game, I don't know who can beat them in the in the NBA that's left. Like, Phoenix is a really good team defensively. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, but I want to switch it over to the Atlanta side because I, I had a bit of a an argument today on, on a Facebook group about yeah. Trey Young. Um. Okay, so I I've been pegged a Trey Young hater. I don't know why. Really? <laughs> I don't know why at all. But you know you know why they think so? It's because somebody made a post after uh Luka Doncic got out and said Trey Young advanced, therefore he's better than Luka Doncic. We had a whole debate and I'm obviously a Luka stan. Right. So when 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 it's a debate of Luka versus Trey and I'm standing for Luka you're obviously going to get pegged as the hater for Trey. I was never a hater. Right. I think Trey's fantastic. I think I've been very vocal about that, but I don't think he's better than Luka Doncic. So if that's going to make me a hater, Fine. so be it. Yeah. I don't think I'm a hater. But I had a, an argument today because I do see room for improvement, and and that doesn't mean that he's playing poorly. These guys, Atlanta, is playing out of their minds. They're having a, a fairy tale run right now. Like. Yeah. This is further than anyone could ever have expected. Nobody in Atlanta, if they were to lose the series 4-1, not a single soul would go, would leave upset. Everyone is happy. Uh, everyone's ecstatic. People are getting paid. Tickets are selling. It's a great time to be a part of the Hawks organization. But I think what holds Trey back, and because he never made All-NBA, Luca's first team All-NBA, <laughs> what holds, you what holds Trey back, there. Yeah, it is what it is. What holds Trey back, and I think what's going to help him get to that All-NBA level is a couple things, but mainly his efficiency, man. His efficiency is a problem. So Mm -hmm. Trey Young is known as the shooter, right? Right. That's what we know. We know him. He has a really good floater game, but he's the shooter. His career as an NBA player, he's shot 34% from three. His rookie year, he shot 32, whatever, rookie. Next year, shot 36, really good jump. This year, he shot 34.3 on the regular season. That has dipped in the playoffs to a 32.6% off of nine attempts. So he's taking almost 10 threes a game, converting at 32.5%. I think that that is a problem. He needs to definitely become more efficient, take smarter shots. Or in lieu of those crazy shots that cause you to go three for nine, maybe dish it out a little bit. Because right now, last night, he had the... Four assists to the three turnover. Like, you got to get your teammates better. His assist numbers are great. I don't think that that's a problem. Uh, but for me, man, his efficiency has got to get better. If you're if you're holding the ball as much as he is, and you have options on that team. They have, like, six or seven guys yeah. that average in double-figure points. Like, do you do you see where I'm coming from here? Is this is this a thing, or am I overreacting? Well, it, am I a hater? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't I, – I wouldn't say you're a hater, but I think you're absolutely right with the efficiency standpoint. He never has really shot efficiently from the field. 
uh, or sorry, from, from, from three, or even he, he's had some games in the playoffs where he hasn't shot efficiently from the field. And you look at it and he's, he's still winning games. And I, I, you, yeah. you scratch your head, like, how the hell is he still winning games, even though he's, he's shooting so poorly from the field? And so one of the biggest things is, is him improving his, his efficiency. I love that we've dubbed him a three-point shooter, but he doesn't shoot that well from three-pointer, from, 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 yeah. from three-point line. If you're a 40%-plus three-point shooter, that means you're, upper, upper, you're the upper echelon in the, in the NBA. He shoots below that. So I think we, a lot of us get mesmerized by the distance and the, and the range that he's got, but he definitely has to shoot it at a way better clip than he does right now. Um, the, the kicker here and why they're still winning games, even though when he shoots poorly, when he gets seven plus assists, they don't lose a game. And that, and you can go back to every single game in the playoffs. He's only had one game where he had seven assists and they lost anything above seven. He's, he's won every single game despite shooting poorly. So that's where he's got to be able to adjust his IQ as well. If the shot's not falling, make sure you're getting your teammates involved. Last night, he had four assists, like you said. The night before, he had three assists, and he lost both of those games. So that's where the caveat comes in. If you Listen, take the shots. You're, you're, you're a lethal shooter. You know you can hit, and you can get hot, and we know that, and we've seen that. But you got to have the IQ and, and, and the awareness to, to know, you know, if the shot's not falling, i got to get Collins involved. i got to get Gallinari involved. i got to get my guys involved because these guys can score as well. Um, so that is where... You know, the, the, the three-point shooting needs to definitely get better, but also the IQ and the awareness to, to lead a team. You're the point guard of that team. You're the one running the offense. you got to be able to recognize these things and lead your team to, to a win. Another interesting thing I saw here, and I'm on Stats Muse. I, like, I love this website. <laughs> Stats Muse is jokes. <laughs> have a lot of cool things on here. But, uh, you know, a big trade, like one of the bigger trades, I'd say, in the season for Atlanta was uh, getting rid of Rondo and right. bringing in Lou Williams, right? And, and we talked about... And rightfully so, playoff Rondo, the name. He he earned it. He showed every year. He just won a chip last year, playing right. a very key role on the team. So he's definitely earned that role. But this year, it's been a bit of a twist. Like He's not been really that hot. I think he's he's actually been benched now for the Clippers. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, this interesting stat, Lou Williams' this playoffs is a plus 11. Rajon Rondo's a minus 27. Wow. So huge move for the Hawks to bring in. Uh, Lou Will and I think they, they they built a great team around him. So that uh, yeah, that should be uh, it. Should be an interesting series for sure. I don't think that Atlanta's got much left in the tank. But last Damn. time I said that they came back and won. And won exactly. Uh, but the thing is with that injury too. He like I heard something that he's doubtful. It's might tough. not play. Yeah. Uh, he got a bone bruise. Like, come on, that's it's you know, it's, it's, it's gonna a, be it's gonna be rough. It's a frustrating frustrating injury to have, and it's frustrating timing. Uh, frustrating way for it to happen, you know. On you, you, you sprain your ankle on the ref. Like, come on, right? Like, it just sucks. <laughs> and the guy dude. was out of bounds too. Like, it wasn't like he was in his way. I, 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 I don't blame the ref at all. I think the ref was just in his position. He was out of bounds. Trey stepped out of bounds, if anything, to 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 get to his foot. So, I, you can't really blame the ref. He's in that position all the time. Um, yeah, it's it one of those things. That, it, I would not want to be him. Yeah, facts. Especially he, they were playing at home, so he probably heard it from the crowd yeah. uh, when that happened. Right. Tough, tough. But let's uh, let's move to the West because there's a very interesting series that let's go uh, might close out tonight. Let's go. I hope so. Might close out tonight. So the Phoenix Suns, uh, bro. The last couple games have been insane. So I think let's let's just break it down game by game because. 
the one game that they had was so the last 33 minutes of that game or sorry the last 90 seconds of that game was 33 30 minutes, minutes in real time yeah yeah that is crazy insanity yeah that is insanity so we had five reviews in the last two minutes equal to the amount of field goals that happened uh, Scott Foster did everything in his power, everything <laughs> in his power, to try to give that game away. Uh, they ended up winning on a f- like miracle, if you want to say, uh, the alley oop from, uh, hey, from Jay Crowder I, I, to DeAndre Ayton. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a miracle. That was a beautiful play, beautiful pass. Um, Ayton has the best hands in the in the in the league for a big. What man a loophole! Like what but, a loophole! But amazing play. I wouldn't say that's a miracle. That was a beautiful, like a beautiful play, uh, drawn up by Monty, and it was executed perfectly. But keep, go ahead, yeah. No, I was saying what a loophole they found the uh, the rule. So there's a rule in the NBA that right. there's actually no goaltending on an inbound. So you can throw it anywhere near the rim, and you're fine. Yeah, because exactly. any any other day, that's a offensive interference. So that's right. a crazy awareness. Uh, 0.9 seconds left, and then obviously Scott Foster in very Scott Foster fashion comes back and says, we're going to put back 0.7 on the clock. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, buddy. All right, pal. Yeah, no, here, it was just, uh, just awful, awful. And then and then the last game that they played came down this to all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. The last two games that came all the way to the end. I want to talk about the – so uh, maybe I'm getting mixed up here because the series is 3-1, and I'm thinking game two and game four. Mm-hmm. Um, but game two, man uh, – what was game two? Game two was the game winner, right? Right game before two. that game winner, who missed a pair of free throws that would have definitely won the game, extended the game? Uh, playoff P. Playoff P. Pandemic missed P. Two missed whole free throws. P. Free throws. Okay, yeah. and they're gonna say, you know, he had ten points in the fourth. He brought him back. They're not there without him. I get it. Fine, whatever. I understand, Sick. but you got. But at at this very moment, you're at the free throw line. And you miss both of them. Not even just one. You miss both of them. And they ended up losing by one. So. Uh, sucks to be you. It, it does. It really does. Because that whole. Like if, if you make those free throws. They have point nine to make a three. Exactly. Like, it's not point nine to, to hit a, a tap at the at the rim. So. Exactly. I want to. Like I don't want to say he lost them that game. Because he definitely played a great role. But that is. That is tough. And then. Mm-hmm. Game four comes. And the down the stretch again. And he misses. Two free throws right in front of the boss. <laughs> or sorry, he missed one. He missed. He made the second one, but he missed the first one mm-hmm. that would have definitely iced or helped them. I think they, it was a, a very important one. It was a very important and one. Like yeah. you said, right in front of his boss. Boss sits there, puts his head down, mm-hmm. and what what do you think of that? What do you think of the reaction? Should should the owner like show stuff like that? I feel is I, that I, detrimental? I feel so bad that that happened. I it's definitely detrimental. I mean, like. Mentally, if you're listen, if you're if I'm Paul George and I'm shooting these free throws to potentially help win the game, help ice the game, the game's on the line at this point. My boss is sitting right in front of me. Obviously, that's already pressure enough. Um, and then like it just sucked. I, I think emotions took over in that moment. Like I understand why Steve, Steve Bummer hung his head. Like it sucked. He knew that was a big free throw. Um, I don't think he meant it. Like any ill in any ill way to Paul George, it just sucked in that moment that he missed that free throw. But that's two games. In, that's two games in the series where the Clippers could have had it, and Paul George couldn't deliver. And as you know, as as good as he's been this playoffs, you 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 do get docked points for not being able to deliver down the stretch. 
it's 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 a very important um it's something very important to have as a player, as a star player, as a superstar player for your team. Um, as, as great as he's been, he just hasn't been able to close out those games. And um, this series would be wildly different with Kawhi Leonard um, because we've seen the Clippers be able to claw back and keep the games close. Um, so, it's, and, and, and I think they're they're overachieving at this point and and how they're playing and how and how close they've been able they've been able to stay with the Suns. So. Uh, it, it just sucks, and and you know what? As you know, Paul does deserve some flowers. I think he's improved a lot, and I think he's shut up a lot of people from last year. But at the same time, if you can't close, then why are you doing all this? Why are you even here at that point? You know what I mean? So the man averages in this playoff run twenty six and a half, yeah, nine and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. There's no doubt thirty four percent from the three could be better. Could be better. Uh. But what do you say to people that that are saying is it time to stop the PG slander? Because he's been slandered. He's been oh, you know, yeah. the last couple of years, and rightfully so. I mean, if you don't, if you're one of the best players and you don't show out, like the year you come third in MVP voting, you lose in the first round, you're yeah. gonna get some sort of flack, right? And you get a Hank game winner hit in your face, like you were talking trash all year, all series. Sorry, uh, and then last year he averaged twenty points a game in the playoff run, like. You can't do that. You're Paul George, so he definitely deserved it. But what do you what do you say to people that say, "Yeah, we should uh, we should definitely you know stop the slander at this point." He's he's played a pretty good playoff run. I, I definitely agree with that. Honestly, I think he's had a great playoff run. He's he's turned it around from last year. Um, considering he's been able to lead a team with no other star, really, it's it's just him. Um, hey man, he, don't disrespect Reggie Jackson. Hey, listen, you, I, I would be the last one to disrespect Reggie Jackson, but at the same time, we know he's not a star. He's been able to play like one, uh, which is great. Uh, but you know, playing alongside no other stars is definitely tough. And PG has had to carry a lot of the weight. He has had other guys contribute, but um, definitely time to stop the PG slander. Um, at this point, the only thing I can knock him for is just not being able to close out games because he. The, the Clippers could be up 3-1 in the series, in my opinion. And they should be if it was not for those free throws. So um, I'm with that. Uh, give PG his flowers for this playoff run. I think he did a hell of a job. Um, he's just got to work on those free throws. That, that's, that's just my opinion on that one. So Reggie Jackson's averaging 50, 40, 88. That's the goal. I love that he's, he's right doing under, this. Right I love under 90%. that he's doing this. So, uh, I mean, it's fantastic. 18 points a game. Yeah. It, it's good because his last playoff run last year he averaged five, but he's right back up to where he should be. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Reggie, what he's doing. Oh, buddy. He's, Welcome. They, they don't, they're not here without him. At this point. Uh, oh, 100%. There's no Even though they're that. down 3-1, they're not here without him. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Uh, There's a couple things so to talk about one, with the Suns. Huh? There's a couple things to talk about with the Suns. Yeah, exactly. Quite a few things. So, Chris Paul, I want to tell you. So, Chris Paul's had some bad luck in the playoffs, right? Right. Uh, so, playoff injuries since 2015. 2015, he had the hamstring. Broke his hand in 16. Uh, I think Blake had a toe injury in 17. Then he had his hamstring in the 18. Right. Where they were right there. They had with the Warriors down 3-2, got hurt. They ended up losing those last two games. And then this year, shoulder and COVID. <laughs> uh, on the flip side... In the first round, they played the Lakers with no AD. In the second round, they played Denver with no Jamal Murray. And now 
They're playing the Clippers without Kawhi. Are you upset at this series of fortunate events, or are you of the mindset that my man Chris Paul deserves some fortunate luck his way? And do you see them winning the chip this year? Uh, everybody, every team that wins will tell you, and even like you, you hear podcasts with these players, with these coaches, you're going to need a little bit of luck. And, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not encouraging the injury of any player or whatever, but that does, it's unlucky for one team and it is lucky for another team. Um, you look at the, like, if you go back in history and you look, I, I know the Warriors have had playoff runs where the stars were injured that they were going up against and they've won the championships. Nobody, five years later, nobody even mentions it, that, that there were all these injuries. So, um, uh, I'm not going to be a hater on that one. Chris Paul has had his fair share of bad luck in the playoffs. Um, do I think they're going to win it? I'm so right now. I'll go. I think it's going to be a Bucks. I mean, Suns look like they're going to close it out today. I'm gonna, I'm going to maybe say the obvious, but be Bucks Suns final. Um, and I don't know who's going to win that at this point. Both are great defensive teams. Both can climb down defensively. Um, both have their own big three. Um. So right now, I just don't know who's going to win that. It, 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 it's very interesting to see the matchups. Um, one person, one matchup I would love to see is, is DeAndre Ayton and Giannis. I want to see how they match up together because Ayton, yeah. defensively, he, he's a great rim protector, very smart. Um, offensively, he's got one of the best, some of the best hands in the league for a big man. Some of the finishes that he's been finishing this season and the playoffs have been incredible. Um, I, I remember him catching an alley-oop in the air and finger-rolling finger it into the basket. That was beautiful Crazy. last game. Um, Just the awareness. The awareness and the way he runs the pick-and-roll, and he has a little bit of a mid-range jump shot. Like He's he's improved significantly since his rookie season and even since the regular season. It, it's crazy to watch. So um, I, I do I, – I'm very interested to see how it's going to work out. I am a little bit worried about D-Book because – you know, you, 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 I mean, you can speak, you can speak to this as well. He's, he's been getting shut down by Pat Bev. And, it's kind of concerning. And as, as, as and much, annoying. It's annoying as much as we hate it and as much as, you know, we don't like Pat Bev and everybody knows that. He's been, he's been doing his job on D book. And so I, 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 going to the next round, I'm like, yo, Drew Holiday is a great defender. Maybe not as annoying and as pesky as, uh, Pat Bev, but Drew's a, a very good defender and he's going to give, is he, do you think he's going to give D-Book those same troubles? Uh, Drew Holiday? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. So, Drew Holiday is definitely a good defender, but Patrick Beverly, I, I, like, as much as you said, like, we hate this guy, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I actually hate him. Like, when I watch him play, there's nothing that I enjoy about his game. I think he's a dirty player. I think he has masqueraded hustle with literally fouling and mauling players every – like he he commits so many fouls that don't get called now because he's just been dubbed the annoying <laughs> defender. Yeah, like it's absurd. Yeah. I don't like him. But when you really look at what he's doing, not only is Book struggling offensively, well, he did break his nose, so that helps. That helps. Too. Um, as in Patrick Beverly broke D Book's nose. Right. D Book broke his own nose. Yes. Mm -hmm. D Book fouled out last game. Yeah. He's frustrated. He's giving away stupid fouls because what happens is Patrick Beverly turns him over at half. And what does he do? He turns around and he commits the foul. Mm -hmm. and, and guys, like, you need to understand that this is the playoffs. Like, you can't keep dishing your fouls like that. D-Book fouls out with four minutes left in a playoff game. That can't happen. Yeah. 
Like you, you're you're not gonna give us eight for twenty two and foul out. No, and you don't even play. Not, defense. not only that, he, Pat Bev has only also been able to get under his skin. So he's also giving up technical fouls, two free throws and possessions, or free throws and possessions, um, in critical times. Like those technical fouls, they they swing momentum. Like there there's an there's an importance to that. So it's been concerning on the books part that he hasn't been able to stay composed. He hasn't been able to play smart. He hasn't been able to play within himself. Um, so, you know, Pat it's Bev is very re- clear. Him and Paul George hate each other. I love that though. I love that. That's great. That's, that's just great for entertainment. Um, I, I like that neither of them back down. Uh, I like D books attitude in that, in that scenario, in that sense. I just think when it comes to Pat Bev, just ignore the dude. Pat Bev is doing that literally to get you a technical foul. He's doing that literally to get you fouled out of the game. Just leave him. Let him do whatever stupid, you know, taunts, stupid um, trash talk he wants to do. He's going to look stupid if he don't react. When D-Book does react, that's when D-Book looks stupid because he always gets, um, you know, booked by the refs. Uh, and he, he's the one no that gets intended. in trouble. Exactly. No I don't, I, I don't want to say it, but I had no other word. But he's the one who, he's the one who gets um, the consequences in the end. So if I'm D-Book, you know, kind of like recenter yourself a little bit. I know the mask sucks, but play within yourself. Don't let your emotions take over, especially when Pat Bev is trying to egg you on. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna take a look at uh, the last three games for D Book. So mm-hmm. first things first, we didn't even discuss that game two. Cameron Payne, twenty nine points, oh, nine assists, twelve of twenty four from the field, fifty percent career game. Won love them that. that game. I love they won, that. They ended up winning by one, and they don't win without his twenty nine. Yeah. Shout out to campaign because when he got hurt in game three, they really they end, they ended up losing that game. They missed game him. Four. They missed him, which is crazy. I think game three. Yeah, he got hurt in game three. Yeah. So let's let's take a look. So game two, because game one, book killed it. He yeah. Got Forty. Yeah. He right. And everyone know he's the next Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. We came on here and said he's the next Kobe Bryant. Yeah. We look like idiots because yeah. the next three games, uh, the well the other game. Uh, game two, 41 minutes, five for 16. So he only took 16 shots, made five of them. That's not a good f- percentage at all. Yeah. For 20 points. Uh, and then in game four, yep. No, game three. Yeah, game three. He had uh, 15 points, minus 15, shot wow. five for 21. Damn. Five for 21. And then game four, eight for 22, 25 points. Still manage the plus five. They're winning those games, but they have a great team. They play very good team defense. Mm-hmm. They have a great big man. DeAndre Ayton gave them 22 rebounds last game. He had nine offensive. Incredible. And, That's and, nine extra possessions. He's been incredible all, all series. Um, one little shout-out I want to just squeeze in there. Zubat has also been great on the other end. He's been fantastic. Um, I, 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 I really like the way he's been playing. Um, not much of expected. Well, not much expected from him. Especially in the matchup against Aiden, but they've both been great, and it's both. I think it's it's a good thing for centers, and it's a good, a good thing for big men, um, to you know to show that they can still have an impact on winning games and winning playoff yeah. games. So Zubats in uh, game two had yeah. a double double, fourteen and eleven, four offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. and then he had fifteen and sixteen with six offensive rebounds. Wow. And then he had thirteen and fourteen with seven offensive rebounds. So he's been giving them double doubles every mm-hmm. single game. He's been getting them six to eight extra possessions per game. He's been playing fantastic. 
the unfortunate part is the guy he's playing against is playing better than him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because even on a night where he had seven offensive rebounds, DeAndre had nine. <laughs> the night this guy had fourteen total, DeAndre had twenty-two. Yeah. Right. So, no matter what you do, you're not going to win this battle. He's just a better player, uh, in my opinion, and yeah. that's just where it's at right now. But the book looks figured out by Patrick Beverly, and as much as I hate him with my with a burning passion, he's doing his job. He's making his money. And he's he's getting under the dude's skin, man. It's it's so clear. It's so mm-hmm. clear. Yeah, and uh, I, it's going to be very important. You know, I, I at the end of the last game, CP3 was getting interviewed, and they mentioned the three one lead, and he didn't want to talk about it. He's like, "No, I'm not talking about this stuff. Let's just get the job done, and let's let's go. Let's score the I don't next have round." Have a good history, exactly. So a good experience. Um, I, I do want to talk about CP in a uh, a bit. Uh, despite them winning, a lot of times when they're struggling. I find that it's, you know, obviously Deep Book has had his struggles offensively, but it's also CP being so ball dominant and kind of almost like tunnel vision, which I've never really seen from CP before. You know, I see him, you know, just worrying about his own shot, worrying about getting his own shot, worrying about getting to the lane and, and, and driving and, and, and taking a contested mid-range jumper or a contested layup. CP is usually really good at getting his team involved, and I think that's what they're going to need in order to win the game today. Uh, especially if D Book is, is struggling, I, like if I'm if I'm the Suns, I'm like, yo, let's get D Book in, let's get him in rhythm early, let's feed him the ball early, let's get him some shots early. And in the last few games, I've noticed D Book hasn't taken a shot until, um, you know, five shots have been taken already by the Suns. So if I'm CP, listen, three one lead, close it out, get your guys involved, then get yours, get Aiden involved in the pick and roll. I can guarantee you, the first play of the game is going to be an Aiden CP pick and roll, uh, dish or alley oop dunk. Get your guys involved, get your team involved, get everybody happy, and then go and get yours once everybody's comfortable. I think that's what's going to be the difference for them to win the game today. And I think they will close yeah. it out today. CP was 6 for 22 last game. And that's what I'm talking to about. D-book, to D-Book's 8 for 22. So yeah. They they held each other's beers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, let's – so in in the NBA sphere, I, I don't know. Did you have anything else to say for the Phoenix – Series with no, the I, I, anything I, to add? Suns, Suns close it out today. Hopefully, they they win in five and they oh, make it to the finals. There is one thing we need to talk about. There's been reports that Kawhi Leonard's unhappy with the Clippers mm-hmm. medical staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now this is very interesting because if you remember, listeners, right. he left San Antonio begrudgingly. They traded him because he didn't want to play because he had the quad injury. His doctor said, "You're not ready to go." Team Doctor, which is a different entity, Team Doctor says, you are ready to go. Yeah. And in his defense, there's been a lot of issues with Team Doctors because they're obviously employed by the team. So it's in their best interest to clear you to play because that's what the team wants, right? Mm -hmm. And we saw that with KD. We've seen it with uh, James Harden somehow got cleared to play. Yeah. Uh, And then the AD in the first round of this series got cleared to play, then didn't even last three minutes. Right. Uh, But thanks, Doc. I was ready to go, I guess. Hmm. Um, But now it comes back, and he was happy in Toronto, obviously, because why not? Because why not? Why wouldn't you be happy? Uh, Yeah, and then he leaves to the Clippers, has an injury now, and lo and behold, Kawhi Leonard is upset with the Clippers medical staff. So what do you make of this? Is this the Spurs 2.0? Does he hold down and leave? Do they figure it out? Are they done with this? Because at this point, they're letting this dude walk all over them, and they're a second-round second, third, second round exit this year. They might not even 
make the finals. What do you think? I, I think the Clippers have a, a, a huge advantage as being in LA. And I think it's very easy. I, I think Steve Ballmer will be the type to guy, type of guy to do anything he can to keep Kawhi. If that's higher, whichever team doctor that he wants, he'll do it. Um, but like, it's just, it's, it's at this point, it's like, okay, I get it. It's, it, you know, the Spurs maybe didn't do the right thing, but now it's like, okay, everywhere you go, you're going to have some, a team doctor issue or a team, uh, a, a, an issue with the team. Like you had it all in Toronto, bro. So I honestly, I cannot feel bad for, for Kawhi anymore, or I never really did, but you had it all in Toronto. You had the team doctor. I think someone may have mentioned in our, in, in our fantasy group that, uh, Kawhi tried to poach the team doctor from Toronto. I'm not sure yeah. if that's, that's, I'm not sure how true that is, but I, I can definitely see that because he had no problems in Toronto. Um, oh, but, are you kidding? Uh, we, we offered him the world. Well, not, any, not that they're not, that they're not, of course, but we had a better team around him. Exactly. And, and yo, look, at the end of the day, we also got lucky that he was healthy throughout that run. Very like, true. It's, uh, he, he still, no. like, load managed. It's not like the Clippers have been forcing him to play. No. They still load managed. They allowed him to rest and do whatever the hell he wants to do. But we were just fortunate that he never got hurt because who knows what I'm, would happen. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because we saw him hobbling in the Milwaukee series. We saw him, you know, you know his legs were – I don't know what the issue was, but we saw him, uh, you know, injured in that Milwaukee series and somehow he, he kept going, right? So what's the difference here, you know, at, at this point? You know, obviously the, the, the injury he has now he's might older. be – well, he's older. The injury he has now might be maybe a lot more serious than the one he had in that Milwaukee series and in, in the finals with Toronto. But, you know, he did have an injury with Toronto, and Toronto clearly took care of him or did whatever they could do to make it accommodating for him. Um, and, you know, I, I hope now he's kicking himself in the back saying, I should have just stayed in Toronto. Um, and, you know, we, we, we would have played in, in, in Tampa Bay, nice sun there too. It would have been nice. Um, but at this point, like, I can't feel sorry for you, bro. Like you had it all, so it is what it is. I'm sure. Look, I'm, I'm sure Steve Ballmer will, will fire the, the the trainers and the medical staff and get him new ones. But what, what else can you do at this point? On, on the flip side of your perspective, I think that it's it's good to note that with Kawhi specifically, like he the team, everything is there for him. Like it's all built there for him, and yeah. he's not gonna ever like we said he was he was hobbling with Toronto like. Two things there. I don't think that he's ever going to force himself to play if he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. And secondly, a, a factor to consider is he was heading into free agency a year after missing a lot of time with injury. So there's that incentive in the back of his mind. He has maybe to play. Not, maybe not, but there is the incentive in the back of your mind that I have to play at least just to finish this run so I can – he's going to get his contract, but it was just – who knows, right? And he maybe he wants to spite San Antonio and win the championship. <laughs> who who knows? Yeah. Like he looks like he doesn't feel anything, but he he might, you know. Like I don't know. That's just yeah. a couple of things to consider. You're never gonna really know anything about Kawhi. Yeah. Uh, one thing I I think you and I both hate absolutely is the fact that he's in the building but not sitting with the team. I think that's absolutely whack. Horrible. Like you are just like you are not a leader at all. In fact, like you were just a bad teammate at this point. I, I don't to be know, honest with I, you, you're a bad teammate. I don't know how Clippers media reacts to that, but that wouldn't fly in Toronto. Like you would get torched if you were in Toronto doing Bro. that. It's it's awful. If it was awful anybody but Kawhi, they'd get torched. Like think about that, man. Like you're you're this you're the best player on this team. Yeah. And you don't even first of all, you're not even gonna travel with your team. Okay. Maybe I'll give you that. Maybe. Right, if whatever. You want. 
but I still think you should travel with your. It's the playoffs. It's right. the conference finals. Right. And then you're there, and you're not even going to sit on the bench. Like, Chris Paul would have killed to be on the bench when he was at least quarantining. Like, hey, you're not going to let me play? At least let me sit on the bench. Bro, you got Jamal Murray with a torn ACL sitting on the bench and, and, and cheering his team. guys on. I, I hated that, and I think it's a perfect way to really sh- depict what Kawhi is like as a person because I think he's just incredibly self-centered, selfish yeah. guy, but who some people try to call it family oriented, but I don't want to hate too much <laughs> on the guy because he brought us, he brought us a chip yeah. uh, and, and there's no debate there. But yeah. one thing I want to talk about around the league before we wrap up the epi, yeah. uh, th- there are some rumors, bro. We're back at this, aren't we? Eh? We're back. Did we, we, get, we, did we get a chance to talk about the fourth overall pick yet? We didn't remember. though. We didn't. Let's, so let's talk about that too. But we're back at this. We talked about this at trade deadline. If you remember. Yeah. Right, I, of course I remember. Yeah, I brought yeah. it up and everyone laughed yeah. me out the room. Yeah, so and now they're like, "Oh, let's do it, let's do it." So first things first, the Raptors in the let's lottery go. somehow finesse the fourth overall pick Amazing. in a very stacked draft, and I think what you can get with four can change your franchise. Uh, so here's to drafting a cornerstone, and let's hope so. you know, I'm hopefully they come out. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I don't think he's gonna stay. To be honest with you, um, doesn't look like it though. Yeah. But I hope they draft a cornerstone. Maybe this helps and, you know, gives them that incentive to stay and restart. Yeah. And who knows what he's got on the time. I'm sure he has plenty of offers. But rumors are going around that the Warriors might target Pascal Siakam in exchange for the number seven overall pick and James Wiseman. Wow. I, earlier this year, before this pick even existed, I said... Wiseman and Siakam, let's do the swap. Yeah. Let's do the deed. Yeah, because I think Wiseman is a stud, and I think what we can do with him is fantastic. Then he got hurt, right? Two days after, sucks. And now the rumors are back up. So, what do you think? Number seven and Wiseman in exchange for Pascal? I don't have an off season again. Siakam. It's so tough to make that call because when you're getting that number seven pick. And you're getting a young, a second-year man in James Wiseman. I know you. You and all, you have the number four pick. Yeah, of course. And you have the number four pick. I know you. You love to talk about timelines, timelines, and you loved to talk about timelines, especially with this trade. That timeline gets set way back a few years, and you still have OG who is getting paid. You still have Fred VanVleet who's getting paid for three more years. So. How, what what's the direction the team is going? It, it really depends on what direction the team is going. If they're going in the young direction, we're going to rebuild. We're going to we're going to we're going to blow it all up. I think that's the way to but go. Why, why would you blow it all up? Because you have very good pieces. Just you have up Pascal for the number seven and and uh, Wiseman, and then you draft the kid at four. Who you know, like we talk about these kids taking time to develop, but the last three years of rookies have hit the ground running and this year is supposed to be a historic draft so if if you get a guy who can compliment fred and you still have fred you still have og you bring back uh what's his name gary uh gary at a at a good rate because i don't think he's going to be too sought out but you right. bring him back at a good rate and now you have a decent core and then you have a, a wiseman the young guys that you draft with four and seven whatever you have ken birch like you still have a really good roster you have a team that could last for a while, and for your vets to be twenty five, twenty six, that's fantastic. We're, I don't we're, think that changes the timeline that much. Where it gets difficult is that you're depending on three very young players to be the to be the, the part of your core of your team. And with big men, we know they develop 
uh, a lot slower than guards do. So James, he did have a, 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 a pretty good first year. Could have been a lot better. Still a lot of kind of growing pains, a lot of IQ pains to deal with. The Warriors did him dirty. You could argue that. You know, you can argue the Warriors didn't really put him in many spots to succeed. And it's tough playing alongside Steph and then having Draymond in your ear barking at you all day. So it's definitely a tough position to be in. But then you're also depending on number four and number seven picks to come in and contribute right away. And it's tough to do that as a rookie. And when you compare the rookies that uh, that came in that excelled, they were the guys on that team. Like the Jason Tatums, the Donovan Mitchells. These guards came in and they demanded the ball. They demanded the offense right away. Having a number four and number seven pick, I don't know how they're going to demand that same role or that same uh, type of attention from the coaching staff and from the offense. And because you, you, you're going to be taking that away from Freddie and OG, so it's going to be a it will be a, a little bit of a weird mixture of things. If if coaching can work it out, if uh, if if manager can work it out, then it would be great. I think it's definitely a, a deal worth doing because Pascal, at this point, we don't know what he can do anymore. <laughs> we, especially with the, with the with the shoulder surgeries, we don't know if he can be the star player that we all hoped him to be. Another thing to contri- to, to consider is you've got you you, you still have uh, Freddie and OG on payroll, but then you have three young guys that you're going to have to pay in two or three years. James Wisen has two more years before he's up for extension, and then the two young guys you pick at four and seven. They also get extended at, uh, in in three years, so you might have one of those Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum situations where who do you extend? Uh, you know, Team Magwin. They send both. They send it both, but we didn't have Fred VanVleet. They didn't have OG still on the yeah, roster. By then, they'll be done, bro. So, but in a couple, of Fred VanVleet's got what? Two years? Three years? Three years left. OG, I think. Yeah, three years three. left. It'll it'll, yeah. it'll 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 work out with, and then you get rid of. I guess you get you get rid of OG and you get rid of Freddie as well. Um, it could work out. It, it just depends on the, on the direction. I, I, well, I you think... don't get rid of them, but in three, they come off the books as a max. Who knows what their value is at that point? Either you bring them back reduced rate or the young guys are absolutely crazy that you don't even care and you re-sign them. I don't know. I'm saying it's worth consideration because at this point, I don't have much faith left in Pascal. Uh, he's missing another offseason, which was a great chance for him to you know, work on everything that he's been missing and for him to miss five months of play and last year not pick up a ball during the pandemic is just too much, too many setbacks, I think, and it just brings him way too too far behind. All right, and with that, I think we should wrap up the episode. Uh, you guys know where to find us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, YouTube, wherever you post your picks, you can find us. Uh, subscribe, let us know what you want to listen to, and continue to support, and we'll come at you next episode.